Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, bonjour, and uh, welcome to the Zwift Tour de France podcast, coming all the way from Vittel in France. Uh, my name is Christophe Malay, I'm your host for this uh, podcast today. Let me just remind you that you can uh, download this podcast or listen on streaming via SoundCloud. You can also subscribe on iTunes uh, and listen from our website, which is sbs.com.au slash central. Big thanks to our sponsor, Zwift, for making this possible. And today in the podcast, we have the popular man, Dave McKenzie. Hey, Dave. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered. I didn't realise I'm popular. Where's all my fans, though? They're not, there's no one around here. Well, they're in Australia listening to you uh, in this podcast while they go to work, so they get you to bring a bit of sunshine to them. Oh, that's nice, and I'm happy to bring sunshine. We all need a bit of sunshine every now and then, don't we? Absolutely. You're in Vittel. We're in Vittel today, which the, the finish line was in Vittel yesterday. It's a city of water. Yet again, we've been talking a lot about beers, you and me. <laughs> so are the, the, the water is on me tonight. I, oh, really? Uh, well, in that case, I'll shout. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have a, a very French flavor program because later on in the second part of the pot we will be talking about uh, how much pressure a French team is under on the roads of France uh, when it comes. Uh, it comes quite naturally as well that because we had a French victory yesterday with Arnaud Demar. How important is that victory for him, do you think, Maka? Well, firstly, I, you know, I just, I'm just looking at you. Finally, people could see how smug you are looking, seeing as though the Frenchman has won. Just about, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? It's, jokes aside, it is very important uh, to get a French victory. You know, it's the biggest race in the world. It's the biggest race, obviously, for French cyclists and for French teams. And, and, and he's the French champion. Twice, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's huge, and it's. I think it's good. I'm. I'm happy for him to win. I think it's. You know, we'd love to see Australians win all the time. You know, to be biased, but I think it's really important. And uh, you know, I think it'll it'll pump them up, the other French teams and the riders, and uh, you know, from from different teams uh, and even rivals. But you know, I think they're yearning for a overall winner too in the Tour de France, and so hopefully this will spur them on. Uh, let's have a listen to Arnaud Demar after the race. It's extraordinary. It's magic. It's extraordinary. It's magical. The Tour de France is not just for the cycling fans, but the general public. It's a result of the great work we did this winter. Talking about the good work, he's won the French Championship. FDG's done some really, really good work over winter and he's starting to pay. Oh, it is, totally. And look, I mean, he's, he's stepped up a notch too, hasn't he? Because he, he got that stage win in the Croatium du Dauphiné as well. And he, he looked really dominant with that stage win. And a lot of the good sprinters that were there are here. So Demar, you know, and FTG there, over the years, they've had a fantastic history at the Tour de France and with Australians. So I actually like it that they've got now a victory with a Frenchman on a French team. It's important for them. And they've been long-term sponsors of professional cycling and in this country more so. So I think it's, it's a, a great victory. And I'm so happy. You don't even know how happy I am. Oh, my God. Can you it's buy- the morning after, but I'm still happy. I'm oh, still buzzing. I know I know you are. I can tell. Jeez, I thought after last night, that's it. All right, I can, now we can move on, but we still can't. Okay, something else we can't really move on from is uh, the crash at the finish. First and foremost, let's have a listen to uh, Robbie McEwen because he gives us uh, his analysis on the event. Cav tracking Demar on the right-hand side of the road, trying to follow him through that gap. And as Demar passed Sagan, Sagan's realised, that's the guy I need to follow. I've got to get in that slipstream. 
as he's gone to the right to get in it. It wasn't a big move to the right, but it was enough to close the gap between himself and the barriers. And Mark Cavendish was coming at a great rate of knots. He was travelling faster than Sagan at that time. Tried to squeeze through, tried to just push Sagan off a little bit, but it's Sagan who had closed the door on Cavendish. He bounced off and crashed, but the big flicking elbow movement from Sagan, although that didn't touch Mark Cavendish, gives a really bad impression of the whole run of events. And the commissaires look at all of that, plus the end result, the damage, the crashed riders, the injuries, and they don't have much choice. We just heard from uh, Robbie McEwen, uh, the voice of, uh, of, of the sprinters in Australia. Result is, as the moment we record this podcast, because it's recorded, it's not live, but the moment we record this podcast, Peter Sagan is out of this race. What do you think? I think it's garbage. I think it's garbage. Uh, you know, I, think, I just think sometimes it's knee-jerk reaction, even from the, the commissaires. Um, We've seen, we've seen other crashes. Look, it was a terrible crash, but I'm talking about how the crash happened, what unfolded. And if you watch closely, I still maintain that Peter Sagan was not entirely at fault. Now, if you can say that, then you cannot completely disqualify him from the race. So I think, I think it's poor judgment. So there, there is an appeal by the team. So we don't know. And at the moment where we are recording, and I must stress this because people are going to get crazy tomorrow if that's old or fake news. Uh, this is not fake news. At the moment we are recording, Sagan is out. I think it's personally, I think it's sad. On the other end, that opens up the green jersey wide open. Uh, you've hit it on the head massively, doesn't it? It opens it up massively. Look, Anu Damar, he was, I, I actually thought he was always in the running for the green jersey comp with Peter Sagan in the race. But now that he's out, Damar's the front runner. And then you've got guys like Kittel, but there's, there's, there's plenty of other sprinters. Uh, Colbrelli, you know, the Italian, he, he's been there or thereabouts. Uh, Buhani, so it certainly opens it up. OK, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk with AG Touar La Mondiale to understand what is the pressure when you're a French team on French soil and the French public is craving for a victory. But this is straight after a message from our sponsor, Zwift. Don't go anywhere. Zwift has group rides for all levels. With a ride approximately every 30 minutes, you can join a group and ride that fits your schedule and your level. Group rides stay together behind a leader. They enjoy friendly banter, a relaxed vibe, a little bit of fun and some friendly racing. Just like rides in the real world, except there's no worries about a rear wheel puncher slowing the group down or being left behind. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. I'm with uh, Yves Perret, you're responsible of, uh, for the, all the press and the media relation for uh, the team AG2R La Mondiale. Hi. Hi. Quick question. I mean, we were wondering how much pressure is a French team under when you're in France? You've got one of the main French contenders in your team. Is it more and more pressure every year because we all have this idea of Bernardino and uh, the last winner? Of course, it's, it's a question that uh, come back uh, Every day uh, will be uh, will remember day uh, be the, the next uh, French winner of Tour de France. So obviously there is a, there is a pressure, but uh, we, are, we are happy to to be under pressure. You know we are fighting all day all year long to be uh, uh, to perform on Tour de France. So uh, uh, we won't say uh, we don't want pressure. Yeah, we we are really glad of having that kind of pressure. You know it's the main event in the world, the main event in France. It's one of the main event in. Uh, in all the, the sports history, so uh, welcome pressure. <laughs> uh, in terms of your year, the Tour de France is the most important thing for the team of the year, or is it just another race because you compete the whole season? Of course, it's the most important race 
uh, in the year because uh, it's the more broadcasted. It's a sporting event, a free week sporting events. It's a part of the legend of our sport. So obviously, it's uh, it's the most important. You can at the beginning of the season uh, say, well, there is not only the, the Tour de France in in the life, but no, in in the cycling season there is Tour de France because it's uh, it's the, the the race where you you built. Uh, the legend where you build the reputation, where you build the, the, the palmares, and also it's uh, where there is uh, all, all the fans. That's all where are uh, the partner too. So yes, it's it's not it's not a race like the others. Over the years, did you have to uh, prepare uh, Romain Bardet? I mean, let's talk about Romain because he's your star uh, and he's your leader. But did you have to prepare him more about this idea of the pressure of the French riders? The, he's carrying the hope of a country. We see it around you you're the boss with the most most people around you pretty much well this is not a, a real preparation you know um, Roma is one of the of the smartest postman I ever met uh, I've been journalist during 22 years I met a lot of sportsmen in many sports and Roma is uh, is really a smart guy not only because he's a graduate but also because uh, he has always a step ahead uh, and uh, yes he, he is interesting in media so he know what people expect uh, from him and uh, you know it's it's really a, a pleasant guy to work with uh, he's really uh, he, he always want to be the best uh, in every field and when he's com communicating he also want to be the best you're probably not going to tell me uh, what you've uh, planned but uh, in terms of when you look at the the, the, the roots of this Tour de France uh, is there a particular point where your team has been highlighting some events going we, we will perform on those days You know, uh, uh, when, when you're looking at the lineup of our team, uh, there is only climber. So, uh, of course, uh, we we have n no ambition on, uh, on on stages for sprinter. Our aim is, is in the mountain. Our our team is located uh, in Savoie, uh, in the Alps. So we're really an alpine uh, an alpine team. And uh, as soon as the mountain is coming, is uh, is our uh, our uh, field. And the one million dollar question: Is Roman Bardet going to be the, the next French winner? Maybe. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Zwift is an indoor cycling platform where you can connect with a global community of cyclists at any time. You can chat with people all over the world, share in group rides, get encouragement from total strangers, ride on, who quickly become your new riding buddies and train harder and faster with competition on a global scale. Check out Zwift for yourself at Zwift.com today. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to the Zwift Tour de France podcast and we will talk uh, now about what's coming up tonight on SBS. And I'm back here with David McKenzie. Maka, we arrive at the top of a mountain, Planche de Belfis. It's has to be one of the best finish we could have this week. It is, and you know what? I get really nervous days like today, and I think everyone will be the same. You know why we're nervous? It's because we believe Richie Port can, I believe, can win the Tour de France. And so I'm nervous to see how he goes today. I just think uh, this is such a key marker to what may or may not happen over the next couple of weeks. And uh, fingers crossed he has a good one. Because when we look at it, in this Tour de France, we won't have that many high-level, high-mountain finish. So it's important for Richie to make a mark on every single one starting from tonight. 
Yeah, absolutely, it is. And, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's shown his colours already uh, this week, which is good because we probably didn't expect to, to see him too much already. But this is an important one. Um, he knows this climb. He's, he's raced up before, of course, helping Chris Froome uh, a few years ago when he won the stage there. That was uh, on the occasion when Bradley Wiggins won the tour. And then Vincenzo Nibali has won here before. Obviously, he's not here this year. But it is a key stage, and it's proven, as I just mentioned, that it's been a key stage for the guys that go on to win the Tour de France. You mentioned Froome. There's one here, or one there before. Uh, doesn't mean he's bringing experience with him, or at that level, it doesn't really matter. Tactics will play the key role. Doesn't matter at all. Look, uh, what I will say, he's got a 100% record of racing and winning on uh, La Planche de Berfue because he's only raced it once, Chris Froome. He crashed out, remember, last time. They went, they went up this climb, so he never made it to that stage. So, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, what's key about this, stage is, uh, this mountain is that it's quite steep. It's Category 1. It's not super long, but it's steep enough, and I think steep enough, if Richie's got the legs, it's a climb that suits him to go on the attack. One key factor will be the temperature as well. Uh, it's predicted to be quite a hot day. Could that affect any of the super contenders? Totally, totally. Not necessarily it will, but it totally can because we started, as we know, in Dusseldorf. It was wet. It was cold for summer weather. It wasn't freezing winter weather, but it was cold for summer. You know, it barely got above 14, 15 degrees for the first couple of stages. And suddenly now the temperature's kicking up. So it could be, it could be a key thing. But these guys are pros. Um, it just depends how much they've raced in the heat in recent weeks. We know a few weeks ago in, in all of Europe it, it was quite a hot start to the summer and then it dropped off. So it could make a difference. We're only talking about um, Port and Froome here, but what about guys like Bardet, for example? Uh, could he have pinpointed this stage to climb up or climb back into the general classification? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think Bardet will have looked at this. He would have looked at it, but not as a key stage for him to make time so early on. He knows it's important. I think he'd be more so thinking don't lose any time. You cannot afford to lose any time. And especially now, he lost time in that opening time trial. I think someone potentially more like Nato Quintana may go on the attack. He may not have planned it before the tour started, but now he's actually he's a little bit further than Richie Port behind in the general classification. So I think he needs to go on the attack. Because he's lost Valverde? Absolutely. Now that he's like, yeah, normally we'd probably expect to see Valverde go on the attack on a climb like this, a shorter sort of climb, something that uh, got a bit of punch to it. We'd expect to see Valverde go. He's not here. Quintana now, I think, has to show his colours earlier. Anybody else that can uh, actually make a difference here? Oh, gee, you know, I think there's a handful of riders. We said from the very beginning that this is probably one of the most wide open Tour de France's uh, that we're about to witness. We'll know, won't we? We'll know by the end of today's stage. What if Christopher Froome gets yellow tonight. Will he be strong enough or willing, strong enough he probably is, but will he be willing to keep that yellow jersey to Paris, to defend it day in, day out? Oh, jeez, I tell you what. One, I think it'll be a disaster. <laughs> I think it'll be a disaster. Dare I, dare I disaster. It's probably, it would be a disaster. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, coming from an Australian and a French-Australian, it would be, but that's probably too, uh, too of a dramatic word. I think uh, the press will have a field day in, in terms of they will start to just drive a wedge into Team Sky and questioning them and, you know, keep on hounding them and questioning them how can they produce these good results and et cetera, et cetera. And everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, 
and I don't, I don't know if Chris Froome would try and to defend it. I think he wouldn't want to give up the time to guys like Richie Port. He'd give up the time to someone else who he thinks he knows that he can beat come Paris, but he certainly wouldn't give up any more time to uh, Richie Port or, or, or the, the guys, the GC guys like Nato Quintana, Bardet. He'll give it up to someone of a, of a lesser, you know, lesser calibre, but certainly not to those guys. What about Garen Thomas? Uh, he's currently wearing yellow. Uh, if Froome gets the yellow, that means he will relinquish his yellow. But is he ready to let it go, do you think? No, I don't think so. And I don't think Team Sky are ready to, dare I say, push him out of the yellow jersey either. So I think tonight they'll set a high tempo on the, on the, at the base of the climb, but not too high because on any given day you would expect Richie Port to certainly out-climb Garrett Thomas, and especially a climb like this. So they don't want to make it too hard that Garrett gets dropped as well. You might as well have two, two guys uh, at the top of the table for Team Sky. You've got two guys to play with, Plan A, Plan B. You know, we all know Plan A is Chris Froome, but they might as well keep Garrett Thomas up there as long as possible. He takes the pressure, he takes that extra burden of doing the interviews, post-stage, all that sort of stuff. So certainly they'll try and protect him. Who would have thought cycling was so strategic? Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? You know what? I I'm tired talking about it. Oh, you know what, though? I, I used to have a teammate who was into his sailing, and he reckons sailing is way more strategic than cycling. So work that one out. Woohoo! Uh, anybody else that you see that in that GC, that top part of the GC, that can either be a contender tonight or be ready for an upset? Yeah, you know who I think is ready for an upset? Dan Martin. He is riding like a trooper. The Irishman for quick step. He had a great uh, stage a couple of days ago. We saw that when Peter Sagan had the victory. So he's in good form, and, he, and he's been in good form leading up to the Tour de France. And then you know the question mark, the other question mark for me? Orica Scott, Simon Yates and Esteban Chavez. Probably more so Esteban Chavez. Uh, Yates had a good opening time trial, actually very good. Esteban Chavez, where's he at? And, um, you know, he had a tragic story um, just a day ago, uh, losing a good friend uh, tragically in Colombia. So I just wonder where his head's at and um, must be a testing time for him. And uh, let's hope he has a great ride because I think we love to see him ride well and we love to see that smile, don't we? So, But that, that's a question mark for me. Absolutely. So you reckon it's going to be a good stage tonight? Do I reckon it's going to be a good stage? Are you kidding? I, I, I'm, I'm being sarcastic here. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's going to be fantastic, isn't it? It's going to be, it, like I said, it's, it's our first real glimpse that who has serious ambition to win the Tour de France. 160k as well. It's not that long, but we say that there's a, there's a peak finish. That means people back home in Australia should be able to stay up for this one. It might not be so much of a late one. No, no. And, you know, the, the, the shorter the stages, generally the more exciting they are. So that's what we're expecting, aren't we? Dave, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, so as we said at the beginning, water is on me tonight. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll shout the Vitel. No worries. <laughs> and this is it for this episode five of the Zwift Tour de France podcast. If it's an episode five, you probably understand there are plenty of more to listen to if you haven't already. Uh, please download the podcast or stream it from our SoundCloud or from our website, sbs.com.au slash central or via the Zoom event which are on their website next stage will be up the mountains it's tonight on SBS hope you enjoy it and on behalf of the SBS team that works on this podcast it's au revoir from now Thanks to Zwift for sponsoring the SBS Tour de France podcast every day of the 2017 Tour de France. You can ride and listen to this podcast by joining SBS Group Rides on Zwift. Guys, go and check it out today. Visit Zwift.com to learn more.